Thank you for listening to the podcast of John Thiel Maasbach. We hope it inspires you and pray this message will bless you. I'm so happy that we can continue this powerful word out of the book of Judges. And we're talking about that superhero, Samson. Let's read the verse that we started with in Judges chapter 16, verse 21 and 22. It says, but the Philistines took him and put out his eyes and brought him down to Gaza. And they bound him with two bronze chains. And he was forced to be a grinder in the prison. But the hair of his head began to grow again after it had been shaved off. Yes, dear friend, we are talking about Samson in the Old Testament as a type of the church in the New Testament. And not just a type of the church in the New Testament. I believe Samson is an excellent type of the church of today and of many churches today. Now, in the messages that are to come, I'm not going to focus on the negative side of this example. But yes, there is some negative side that I must address. And I believe it is the Bible who addresses these things, not to condemn us or to point a finger, but to reveal to us the situation we can be in and to stimulate us that that is not the situation that God has planned and prepared for us and to help us to have a vision to get out. And as I speak about these things today and in the coming weeks, I want you to know that God wants to bring us out in a glorious way to be like a Samson in his time of his victories. He had many times of victory and those victories were not there because of his human strength, human wisdom, human talents, human capabilities, but they were the moments that the Spirit of God was flowing through him in such a powerful, divine way that he was able to overcome every obstacle and every enemy and adversity that was before him. So I just want to tell you, we are coming to that point that we will have a great example of Samson as he rose up in those moments when the enemy came upon him and how he just pushed them away and overcame them by the power of the living God. But today we must go to this verse that gives us a great revelation of where the church can be, where it should not be. And it says three very important things here in these two verses. Number one, it says, they put out his eyes. Oh, I tell you, that's a terrible state to be in when your eyes are taken away and you have no more vision. You cannot see anymore. Everything becomes dark. Number two, it says he was bound with bronze chains. I tell you, when the church is bound by these chains of the enemy, that is not the place where the church should be. That is not how God had planned it for the church to be, to be bound by the chains. No, I tell you, Jesus came to break free these chains of the enemy that are upon us. And he has broken, the Bible says, he had broke every work of the enemy. So we are destined to be free and to live in freedom, not in the liberal way that this world is living because they think they are free and they are living this liberal life without any boundaries. But I tell you, they are in captivity of that liberalism. No, 
I'm talking about real freedom, pure freedom, freedom that gives peace and joy and blessing. And then number three, it says he was grinding, you know, walking around the millstone. Every part of his body was moving. He was constantly walking, but he was never arriving at his destination and he was never going anywhere. And the church can be just like that. All parts can be moving. You're just playing church. You're just having church, but you're never coming to your destination and to your purpose. You're just moving the parts, but you're never fulfilling destiny and coming to your purpose. Let's go back to number one. It says they put out his eyes. You know, the world is blind and walking in blindness. And when you're walking in blindness, I tell you, when I look to the state of the world or how people are living today, it makes my heart to cry. I mean, they are living in such filth and sinful life, and they are broken down. And there's different ways that I see it. Some are, you know, as the world would say it, they are living it up. They are partying all the time, but you know, really, they are just destroying themselves. They're just killing themselves and killing a nation in all that liberalism, all that freedom of the flesh that they think, you know, how wonderful. I remember as a young boy at school, some of these friends who were living the party life, they would say, John, that book that you read, that book that you believe in, they were referring to the Bible. They said, that is only binding you because you cannot do what you want to do. But look at us. We are free. We're doing what we want to do. We're going where we want to go. We're, 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 we're doing with our bodies what we want to do with our bodies. But, you know, many years later, I met them. And, you know, it was a pitiful story. I mean, one was divorced. The other had this and the other had that. And their life was all, I tell you, it came to nothing. They were making the best of it. But they, they were wounded and broken, and they had so much baggage that they had to carry around in life because of all that liberalism and all that freedom. Well, you can imagine all the things that people are, are having as baggage today. And they asked me, but how are you doing, John? And I tell you, I, I, I could only say it. That was not out of a, a spirit of pride, but I could only say I am blessed. I'm living a wonderful life with my wife the children that God gave us. We are free. We are truly free. We are blessed together, and God is with us. And you know, I, I'm so thankful that I don't have all that baggage to carry around as so many are carrying around today because of all that liberalism and that liberal life they are living and just living the life as the world is saying, you know, just live according to whatever the flesh desires and whatever the flesh wants. They think it's progress. They think they're moving into modern times and into the future. But, you know, this is nothing new. Just study your history books. You will see how in the Roman Empire or in the Babylon Empire, how people were living with this same train of thought. And, you know, they were living according to the lusts of their flesh. Even in the Bible, Paul describes it as people are living according to the lust of the flesh. And I tell you, it is not giving them what they think it will give them. They are living according to the lusts of the flesh, but it is bringing only destruction upon their life and upon their, their home and upon the next generation. It's only leaving heartache and pain, but they are blind. 
You know, so many others, they are blind and they are living in depression. They are living in fear. They are really living as a someone who is taken captive by demonic forces and powers, yes, by the devil himself. And uh, they are living under that yoke of fear. Others are living under a yoke of poverty, living under a yoke of, of, of such sadness and such broken marriages, broken homes, and broken in their hearts, broken in love, and they are living in that darkness. But it's a pitiful thing if they live there and they never knew the truth. But how much more pitiful is it for those who once knew the truth, who were taken out of this darkness and this blindness, and they were brought into the kingdom of the beloved Son and brought into the wonderful light, brought into the wonderful freedom and peace and purity and holiness of the Lord where they enjoyed the blessings of the Almighty One. But now their eyes have been put out. And it says here, his eyes were put out. He was blinded. And what it leaves is Samson who cannot see anymore. What it leaves is a church who cannot see anymore. A church who has no vision. And the Bible says where there is no vision, where there's no knowledge, no vision, the people perish. Oh, this is the plan of the enemy to put out the eyes of the church so they will have no more vision. They don't see the holiness of the Lord anymore. They don't see the difference between light and darkness anymore. They don't see the difference between life and death anymore. They don't see the difference between saved and lost anymore. They're just living their life with some form of religiosity in their life. What a terrible state if the church has all these religious symbols has the Bible there in front of them. And yet, on the other hand, they are blinded for the truth inside. And they are gathering teachers around them that are only taking parts of Scripture, turning Scripture around to teach them the things they want to hear, things that fit with the desires of their own fleshly heart. This is not the way it should be. But yet, this is the state of the church today, of many churches today, I should say, that they have teachers who are teaching not the truth anymore, because the priests and the preachers themselves are blind and they are teaching a flock that is blind. And so they are walking in darkness, yet they have a Bible in front of them and they are doing all these religious rituals, even having communion and, and baptism and other things. But I tell you, they are walking in darkness. And so, yes, once the church knew the truth, but yet now their eyes have been put out. And the way the eyes have been put out can be because of many different things. I mean, it can be because the heart desired for some wrongful things. And so slowly they came on the path that, you know, it was not in one day that they converted to darkness, but slowly their eyes were burned out slowly as they just started to open a door a little bit for the things of the enemy. And then if you look a year or two years later, that door is wide open and the darkness is just flooding into their life, into their church, into the family. And, you know, they are walking in blindness. Some, yes, they had such a disappointment. Some, maybe because of a false prophetic word that they would be healed and uh, they were not healed or their family member died instead of being raised. And so now they are angry at God. But it was not God who gave that word. That prophetic word did not came from the Lord. And now they are blaming the Lord who did not say or do anything wrong. 
who is standing there with open arms to bring them to the time of sadness, the time of loss, the time of need, but somehow they have been disappointed in people, but they blame the Lord. And so now they are walking in blindness because of their hardened hearts. Others are walking in blindness and they have no more vision for the future. They are only living today. They have no vision for their children or their grandchildren or the church in the new generation. So they're only living today. And because they are so focused on today and on things of now and on materialism and other things, I tell you, they are walking in blindness for all the wonderful things that God has prepared for them and for their children and for their grandchildren, etc. And you know, they are walking in this darkness, only living for today and for this life down here. They have forgotten that this world is not our home. We are just passing through like pilgrims, but our home is that place that is prepared for us and that the Lord is preparing for us where we will be with him forever and ever. That's where our heart should be. That's where our treasure should be. That's where our eyes should be focused on and not on this world and this life and this flesh and this materialism of today. Oh, I hope you are blessed with many material things, but your heart should not be on it. I hope you are enjoying the wonderful blessings of our time, but your heart should not be focused on it. And you should not be living just for these things of today. We should be living for eternal things, eternal promises. You know, some are blinded and they have no discernment anymore. And they cannot discern anymore what is of God and what is of this earthly life and what is of the devil. It's not always of the devil. Some things are of the earthly life, but some things are of the devil and some things are of the Lord, of God. And I tell you, it's so good to know to discern these things, not because of open eyes of the flesh, but open eyes of the spirit. Oh, that only the Holy Spirit can open in your life. So there are many ways that our eyes can be blinded, slowly or instantly. There are many things for which our eyes can be blinded. But you know, it leaves us in a terrible state when we are blinded. We can be blinded for things that are happening in our marriage, things that are happening in our home with our children. Darkness can come in and our marriage can be on the rocks already without us even knowing it. Our children can already be serving the enemy without us even knowing it. They can be caught up in things that are so evil and they don't see the danger. And we are not discerning that they are in such grave danger that their souls are in danger and that we might lose them for eternity. Oh, I tell you, there are so many things I could use this one verse, this one word as an example for, but it's, it's not the way that God wants us to live as a child of God. God wants us to have open spiritual eyes that we can discern the times, that we can discern what is going on in the world, that we can discern what is coming, that we can discern the will of God and the way of the Lord and the word of the Lord, that we can discern what is truth and what are lies and what is bringing darkness and what is bringing life what will bring death and destruction, and what will bring freedom and liberty. We need to have open eyes, church. And these open eyes don't only come by studying. Oh, I have found many have lost their faith while studying in some theological school. This open eye come by a touch of the Lord, 
Just think of Saul of Tarsus. He was destructing and destroying the church of Jesus Christ. And he, was, he thought he was doing God a favor. He thought he was pleasing God by going after those followers of Jesus Christ, those who were of the way, those who followed the Lord Jesus Christ. And he was killing them and putting them in prison and, and tearing down the church. He was going around like a madman. But he thought because of his blinded eyes that he was serving the Lord. But you know, the day came that he met Jesus. Oh, we just need a meeting with Jesus. The church just needs a meeting with Jesus all over again to see him, the Christ, the Savior, your Savior, the Lord, hanging on the cross, dying there in our place, paying the price, but also the resurrected one who rose in victory and who rose in power and in glory. We need to see Jesus again. And when Saul had a meeting with Jesus, he was dumbfounded. He said, who are you? Who are you? What would you have me to do? And these are the two wonderful questions that we need to ask. Who are you, Lord? What is the truth? What would you want us to do? And the Lord said, it is me, Jesus Christ, whom you persecuted. And the Lord had a moment of interception in his life to bring a change and to change his destiny. Oh, the church that is blinded is walking on a path that will lead nowhere, but only lead to destruction and will not impact the world for the good. But you know, we can have a divine meeting with Christ today and it can change us and put us back on track again. But our eyes need to be opened. And it says the moment Saul had a meeting with Jesus, his fleshly eyes were closed. Oh, thank God when these fleshly eyes finally become closed, they were not just looking through natural eyes and seeing the natural and only thinking the natural and only trying to understand God through the natural mind and eyes and understanding. But you know, his spiritual eyes were open at that moment and his life was changed forever and ever. And he had a great impact. Oh, he had one of the greatest impact and still does on the church of Jesus Christ because his eyes were open. I'm speaking to Christians today. I'm speaking to you today who are maybe walking in some form of religiosity and maybe you have a Bible at home and maybe you read it from time to time. Maybe you're going to church somewhere, but yet your eyes have been closed and have been put out, maybe because of some disappointment, hurt, or pain in your life. Maybe because of some sin and some wrongdoing in your life or dumb decision you made. But you know, today the Lord wants to meet you like he met Saul and changed him into Paul. He wants to meet you and change you. He wants to open your spiritual eyes. The church needs to have open eyes. You need to have open eyes to be able to see and discern the times and understand what is of the Lord and what is of the devil or what is of this world and what is of the flesh. And then we need to follow the Lord, follow him with all our heart, our mind. And then the Bible says, keep your eyes only upon Jesus Christ. I want to pray for you right now. Oh Lord, I want to pray for that person who is listening to this broadcast and maybe they love you and they have given their heart to you sometime in the past, but because of some reason, you know the reason, their eyes have been put out and they're not seeing clearly anymore. They have no discernment anymore what is holy and what is of the flesh, what is the life that you have for them 
and what the life is that this world is giving them or the life that is influenced by society or influenced by the devil himself. Oh, Lord, open their eyes right now. Let them have an experience with you. Let them have a meeting with Jesus and let every obstacle melt away, be torn away right now that they will see you, O mighty King, mighty Lord, mighty Deliverer, as you are hanging there in their place as a substitution. You are paying the price for their sins. You are paying the price for all our wrongdoings. You are paying the price, Lord, for the punishment that should be upon us. And you are paying the price to set us free. Oh, Lord, set us free by opening our eyes to see you, your holiness, to see your word, and to see your truth, and to see the path that you have for us, that we may be diverted from that broad path that leads to hell and destruction and condemnation, and to walk upon that narrow path once again, Lord, that leads to eternal life and to blessings untold. Oh, Lord, I pray, open the eyes of the churches around the world. Open the eyes of those children of God that you have a meeting appointment to meet them right now. Oh, Lord, meet them right now and that their eyes may be opened. Oh, Lord, you know in which way and you know how important it is for them. And, Lord, that they may see all the wonderful things that you have prepared for them, that they may see the destiny you have for them, that they may see, Lord, all the wonderful things that you still have planned for their life and that they may come to their purpose. Oh, I pray for opened eyes right now by the power of God and the power through the Holy Spirit that is upon their life right now because of the blood of Jesus that was shed for us. Thank you that you will do it right now. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Do you wish to listen to more messages? Go to themessagestation.com. Also visit us at maasbach.com. 